you've probably heard that many employers are complaining that they can't find enough workers. In response, companies across the nation are raising pay to recruit workers. While that comes with added expense economically, that seems logical. Here's the problem though. With new workers being paid so well, many current workers at firms are asking the question, well, what about us? As explained by the Wall Street Journal, the term wage compression comes into effect when pay for new hires or entry-level staff approaches what long-time staff or senior colleagues earn. The issue has acquired new urgency as companies compete to attract and retain employees amid record high rates of job quitting. The result is often that pay is raised for both new hires and for existing staff. That's what happened at Chipotle, the popular chain that owns and operates nearly 2,900 locations. The company recently gave raises that averaged around $2 an hour to hourly managers and commensurate raises to salaried managers. That all sounds fine, but to pay for the additional labor expenses, Chipotle raised its menu prices by approximately 4% this year. So as it turns out, you and I are paying for much of these wage increases, and this is also one of the many factors behind elevated economy-wide inflation. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by the prolific writer Neil Irwin, most of the time, a 6.5% rate of economic growth would warrant street celebrations. That's how quickly America's economy expanded on an annualized basis during the second quarter. And yet many people, including many forecasting economists, were expecting better, with the consensus forecast calling for GDP growth a couple of percentage points higher. The latest figures reflect an uneven recovery, with some sectors bursting at the seams while others remain depressed. There is plenty of demand for goods and services, but supply constraints are preventing the U.S. economy from really taking off. Irwin asks us to consider the housing sector. The industry is in certain ways experiencing a boom, with home prices rising rapidly in the context of surging demand for home ownership. But in terms of gross domestic product accounting, residential investment actually showed up as a large negative during the second quarter, contracting at an annual rate approaching 10%. Here's the problem. If builders can't get lumber, drywall, appliances, and concrete slabs at reasonable prices, they can't build homes profitably. So they don't build nearly as many units, and the pace of economic recovery ends up less robust than otherwise would be. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. You may be one of the many people who have enjoyed working remotely during the pandemic. It can be nice to avoid combative commutes and just spend some time at home with one's computer wearing sweatpants. But while remote work may be a joy for some, it can be a commercial disaster for others. As indicated by CNN Business, whether one loves or hates commuting, commuting is good for many parts of the economy. That's how subway train conductors get paid. Dressing up for work also translates into more revenues for the local dry cleaner. You may also purchase coffee around the corner from your work. These are the types of people and businesses that stand to struggle if remote work remains as pervasive as it has become. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, last year, the number of people working from home nearly doubled to 42% of America's workforce. According to economists from Goldman Sachs, office attendance in large U.S. cities is still only about one-third of pre-pandemic levels. In New York, subway ridership is not even half of what it was pre-pandemic, according to data from the Metropolitan Transportation Authority. In short, the ongoing pervasiveness of remote work could slow the pace of economic recovery. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Seldom, if ever, has it been a better time to be a job seeker. 
According to the U.S. Labor Department, there were 10.1 million available unfilled jobs on the final day of June. That is easily an all-time high and up from 9.2 million job openings the previous month. The economy's leisure and hospitality segment, which encompasses jobs at restaurants and hotels, is associated with the highest level of job openings at more than 1.6 million. The segment that embodies healthcare is associated with approximately 1.5 million available job openings. Though the nation's unemployment rate remains nearly 2 percentage points higher than it was pre-pandemic, employers continue to report difficulty finding workers. A recent employment report indicates that there were 8.7 million Americans looking for work, which means there are more job openings presently than unemployed people. One of the most interesting aspects of economic life is that the so-called quits rate is close to an all-time high. With so many employers looking for workers, people are having an easier time quitting their current position and securing a new one, perhaps in search of better pay and benefits, more flex time, or all of the above. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Largely for environmental reasons, certain Washington, D.C. policymakers have been focused on investing in infrastructure to accelerate the migration toward electric vehicles. Leaders of major automakers, including Tesla, General Motors, Ford, Volvo, and many others, have also been leading the charge to go electric. Interestingly, because electric vehicles tend to be more expensive than their gas-powered counterparts, these efforts largely benefit wealthier families. As indicated by writers Ivan Penn and Niraj Chokshi, at the high end, a Tesla Model S starts at more than $80,000. At the low end, a Chevrolet Bolt starts at $31,000, nearly $10,000 more than a gasoline-powered sedan like the Chevy Malibu. An available federal tax credit can lower the sticker price by as much as $7,500, though it no longer applies to Tesla and GM models. Some Americans do not owe enough in income taxes to take advantage of the credit, and many others can't pay thousands of dollars in anticipation of a refund the following year. Meanwhile, those families that can afford electric vehicles benefit from government inducements. President Biden recently indicated that he wanted half of new cars sold in America to be battery-powered by the end of the current decade. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.